the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Chablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Theology Alive podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Yeah, it's been a minute. Do you want to tell them why? Uh, I knew this was coming. I cannot catch a break. Like, every time I have a break, you you guys know about this this beef that Jabu has with me Look, taking leave. All I'm going to uh, say is... Anyways, I enjoyed it. It was great. At the expense uh, of the podcast. I, Thank you. <laughs> so, I came back refreshed and it was, it was great. Look, uh, I just want the listeners to know that whenever there isn't a podcast... It's definitely because of Isaac. Uh, oh, man. We have been waiting and waiting, and he specifically chooses to go away when we're always recording. So um, we, we could have had a million listeners, but uh, we don't because um, of Isaac. But that's not what we're talking about today. Um, today we are back with the statement of faith. Um, we are on number 10, which means we're almost at the end. There are 12 points in the statement of faith. Um, and today we are on number 10, which means... We have two more SOF, uh, Statement of Faith podcasts, um, and then we're done with the Statement of Faith. So um, I hope as, as you listened to um, these um, eight points from the Statement of Faith that you have a better idea of um, why we have it, um, what a lot of it means. And um, again, to remind you that the Statement of Faith has no leaning um, either right or left. Um, the statement of faith has just an emphasis on what the scripture says and where we all should agree um, with what the scripture says. And the, the statement of faith um, was, was written mainly looking to hit um, the primary doctrines which we all um, should, should, yeah. should agree on. And, and I think it's important to just say that um, these are so important mm-hmm. uh, and we have taken a while to go through it, yeah. but they are so it, the statement is so rich with uh, precious doctrines that we love, and so we um, we wanted to really uh, go through it, uh, yeah. you know, in a slower manner. We can just brush over this, and these are great truths of the faith that we uh, hold dear. And yeah. so I hope that you have appreciated it uh, so far. Yeah, I was actually thinking um, about the the, the s- statement of faith could actually be a really cool um, sermon series for if you started a new church and you um, want want I mean if you plant a new church actually now that I think mm-hmm. about it 
um, and you want the the church to know exactly um, where you stand theologically, mm. and you want mm. the church to stand in the same place. I thought similar mm. faith is definitely yeah. a good sermon uh, sermon series to start. And I mean, we've had so many episodes um, where we we we've really been focusing on the statement of faith. And um, yeah, pastor, if you are going to a new church and you don't know what you're gonna preach, <laughs> you can you can go through the statement of faith. There's so many things that the statement covers. I mean, we've spoken about marriage, we've spoken about homosexuality, we've spoken about um, adoption and abortion, um, just by going through the statement. So um, there's so much that the statement of faith can pull out yeah. theologically. But we also want to say welcome. We have a new member <laughs> on the team. Um, we we for for those who've been listening to us for a while, Carsten, one of our interns here at Central, um, has been our producer ever since we started Tap. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carsten, like Isaac, is living his best <laughs> life away. Um, he's currently in the United States of America. Don't feel guilty, Carsten. You enjoy it, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so he's currently away. He's in America. Um, one of the churches that support him have called him over for um, a time, a season, to learn uh, from them about the the, the different um, cross-cultural, I guess, uh, ministry. Um, so he's going to be gone for two months. But we have Tolamo. Uh, Tolamo yeah. is going to be, be leading us. He sent a thumbs up. So yeah. um, if, if things are sounding great... Yeah. Thank you to Isaac and I. If I, things aren't great, yeah. it's Talamo's fault. Yeah, I think all of a sudden, the use of Java Day is going <laughs> to increase on the it. podcast. We, you know, it is. It, just because he's here. Yeah, just because he's here. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it's a Java Day podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, let's, 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 uh, let's kick it off. So we are on number nine. Ten. Uh, number ten. Um, and number ten reads, We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ appointed two ordinances baptism and the Lord's Supper to be observed as acts of obedience and as witnesses to the primary facts of the Christian faith. The baptism, sorry, that baptism is the immersion of a believer, of a professing believer in water as a confession of identification with Christ in his death, his burial and resurrection. And that the Lord's Supper is the partaking of the bread and cup, signifying our participation in the Lord's body and shed blood in remembrance of his death until he comes. Hmm. So uh, we, we start with um, uh, the Lord Jesus appointed two ordinances. So maybe just to make a, a, a differentiate um, the... Protestants, uh, evangelicals, Baptists, um, um, we we believe, unlike our uh, Catholics, um, that the Lord has instituted two ordinances, uh, and the word uh, of ordinances is different than sacrament, which is generally used by the Catholic Church, which has seven. Um, sacraments officially mm. but here's the definition of ordinance an ordinance is a christian rite associated with tangible elements water uh, bread and wine that is that is celebrated by the church of jesus christ the term is closely associated with the word sacrament mm. which is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace and so we believe that um the or, the word ordinance comes from um, uh, the the fact that Jesus ordained or instituted uh, this um, um, 
ordinances, uh, both baptism and, and the Lord's uh, Supper. And uh, some, the Protestant, uh, uh, historically the Protestant churches uh, s stopped using sacraments because it had a lot of baggage in, in terms of association with the Catholic Church. But there are some Protestants that still use uh, the term sacrament. Yeah. I mean, we have um, two which we, we will talk about, which is the Lord's Supper and baptism. And um, we know um, some people say that there were three. Um, some people would say uh, that the third one would be the washing of feet when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Um, others I've heard say that um, the washing of feet should be counted as the third church ordinance. And therefore, um, some people in religious practice have added that to the worship service where during the worship service they would uh, take up, um, they would partake of the, the cup and the bread. Um, people would be baptized and also people would wash each other's feet. However, um, we don't um, see when Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples um, where he was saying that this must be a practice that is carried on. Um, one thing about these ordinances is they are also commands given to the church to continue to do in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, when you think of these two ordinances, they are very specific in what they portray. Uh, both ordinances are symbols, symbols pointing us to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Both mm. of them are also reminders. Mm -hmm. They are reminders of the work that Jesus had done in saving us, that glorious work at Calvary when Christ was up on the cross, bearing our sins, died that shameful death on the tree, was buried, and he rose again. Both these ordinances point us to that very occasion. So as we gather together as a church, these are to remind us that this is the basis by which we gather. This is the basis by which a person is saved. So getting into it, um, the, the, the first ordinance that we have here is baptism. Um, and it says here that baptism, baptism is the immersion of a professing believer in water as a confession of identification with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Right. So baptism, uh, we as Baptists, this is like a, one of the Baptist distinctives, right? The, can I say something quickly? Yeah, go for uh, a lot of people have said we we uh, we practice baptism because we're Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of people no. say, oh, "Oh, are you a Baptist?" Yes. Oh, you are the guys who baptize. <laughs> like um, we do, but uh, that's not really <laughs> what makes us Baptist. Yeah, but sure, we we we, we don't baptize because we're Baptists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We baptize because that's what Jesus told us to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So uh, we are, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get confused as I <laughs> say so. So um, as we see uh, from the New Testament and um, believers, as they had received the gospel, um, they they were baptized, and we as Baptists believe that the mode of baptism is by immersion. So mm. uh, that's why here the baptism is the immersion of a professing believer. Also uh, a distinction there to our uh, friends that are Methodists and Presbyterians that are that 
baptize babies. Uh, we we believe in credo baptism, mm-hmm. which is uh, of a, a believer, a professing believer, mm-hmm. um, uh, in water as a confession of identification with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, as as I would say. So Romans 6, 3 to 5. Um, yeah. uh, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into mm. into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, we too might walk in newness of life, for we... For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now, the imagery is so clear here. And uh, and that's why when we baptize, you know, the person goes underwater as mm. like a person is dying to the old self, identifying with Christ's death and is buried. That's full immersion. Yep. And then comes out of the water uh, resurrection, uh, you know, and not that the water doesn't do <laughs> anything. There is no salvation in, in baptism. We yep. have have to be clear on this. Uh, but baptism is identifies with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. My uh, w- one of the pastors um, I had growing up would say, um, "You go in a wet sinner." <laughs> and you come out a wet sinner. <laughs> sure. uh, the 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 waters themselves don't make you any better of of a a Christian than um, than you were before you went in. Um, but I think it's it's important what what um, what Isaac had said there concerning concerning baptism in that um, Romans six is actually a great passage because mm. what 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 baptism shows us is um, the if I think it was Mark Dever or or one of the one of the gents in. Um, nine marks um, who who made the comment that baptism is um, the one coming to the many mm. so it's 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 the one believer mm. coming to the many believers professing through identification through Jesus Christ mm. so so okay one they're making a profession mm. they are making a profession that hey brothers and sisters I am one of you mm. And and what, what what happens is in 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 Baptist churches we uh, we believe in uh, regenerate church membership. So you must mm-hmm. be a believer um, before um, you you are taken into membership. But we also have as a, as another requirement that you must be baptized. Now what what that means is you have made a public a, a public profession that you are a believer. Now, what happens before you are you are baptized is you share your testimony, and the people in that audience get to listen to key points of your testimony. They get to listen to your life before Christ, the point where you were converted, the gospel was shared to you, your your sin was uh, was revealed, your sinful nature was was revealed, the uh, uh, the fact that you were condemned, that judgment is what you deserve, the wrath of God is what you deserved is made is clearly explained to you. The grace of Christ is also explained that whilst you were in the state sinning against God, the wrath of God heavy on your shoulders, Christ had died for you. And by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you become a believer. You sharing that you've had that moment where you've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The the, the many can say, hey, mm. that's 
That's true. Amen. 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 Surely he is one of us. Surely he is a believer. And and by by this you then also share about your life now. You share about how how God has through the ministry of his spirit transformed you and there's now fruit of Christ likeness in your life. What that what that does is it tells the many in the audience that you are one of them. There is evidence that you are one of them. And what the pastor does is he's therefore now going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you are saying, I want to identify with Christ of the waters of baptism mm-hmm. so that I'm also saying I am walking in the newness of life. Mm-hmm. Now, many people are f- afraid to be baptized because there's this fear that after I've been baptized, my life must be perfect. Mm-hmm. Regardless of baptism, you must be striving after righteousness. Mm. Yeah. Uh, baptism is not the starting point for, for striving after righteousness. Salvation is. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's at that point mm. where your whole life is dedicated to the cause of Christ. Yeah. Baptism is one of the ways you dedicate your life to the cause of Christ. Mm. So, so, so don't yeah. um, um, allow the fear of this is this mm. now must be the occasion yeah. where <laughs> now I'm gonna no 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 no. It's it's one of the many yeah. things uh, that you do in obedience to God um, um, to to show that you are a believer striving for righteousness and you're obeying God through the waters of yeah. of baptism. And and I think it's important for us to um, recognize this. Um, we see from the scriptures, and that it, it, to, it was believers were were baptized, mm. and um, <clears throat> and they were kind of uh, as as Jabu said, you know, it it was a, a kind of a s- symbol, an outward symbol. Uh, and a show to everyone that you, you identify now with with this group of believers, and um, and I think that we might there are I think today two two different extremes. The one, as, as Java mentioned, people are like too scared, you know, and uh, they have a maybe wrong a misunderstanding of of baptism, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the early church. Maybe the early church, you know, they they they. Uh, at some point in maybe three hundreds or so, uh, r- baptism was recommended only right towards the end of life, like sure. before death, because you know they believe okay, you're gonna be baptized and then all their uh, sins will be uh, clean, so mm. that you <laughs> you go to heaven then uh, like that. But on the other hand, we have today sometimes. Um, just and I was even hearing uh, this week a discussion about it, about just the spontaneous baptisms, where hasn't been really any um, like can people discern that this person is a believer or not? You know, are the and it's like oh no, let's yeah come in come in in the water and all that, and then sure. you uh, you look at five. Five weeks later, this person is nowhere to be found, sure. you know. And sure. so, and so, I think this is an ordinance to be to be taken seriously, yeah. to be uh, have uh, um, the the standard that the scriptures give us. Um, I have a story of um, I think I shared it in, in one of the baptism classes. I think Tolamo was there, um, and <laughs> just to talk about the seriousness of baptism. 
So uh, we'll talk about it just now, but there are people who actually died who took mm. communion in a wrong way. Um, so you're saying, hmm, not in the waters of baptism. <laughs> uh, we read in scripture that the people actually yeah, died because yeah, they, yeah. they were taking communion. I, the thought, th- I thought you were going <laughs> to mention another incident. I right? was no, like, oh, no, no, okay, no, no, what? No, no. <laughs> but through baptism, so there was this brother um, who was being baptized. And um, he was, how do you describe I think the word is very demonstrative. His, his Christianity was more in word. His Christianity was more in word than it was in practice. Mm. Um, so, so he spoke more Jesus than he lived Jesus. And, I mean, he convinced a lot of us that, hey, man, this guy, surely he's a believer. This guy is worthy to be a leader in the church. This guy, uh, he was um, um, leading worship. He was uh, participating in youth ministry and so on and so forth. So we were getting baptized, and he was one of the candidates of baptism at that time. And his baptism was also very strange. So he shares his testimony, and he gets amen, amen, and he gets into the waters. And as he was being baptized, the pastor says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as he dunks him, his feet come from under him. And he's now almost like dunked, almost like a choke slam that was happening in wrestling. <laughs> and it's just like water everywhere. And obviously, he starts to panic. And um, I mean, even his baptism, he had like cotton wool in his ears. It was like very showy. I mean, it was just very, such a showman. Um, and, and all of this happened where, you know, his feet came from under him. Mm. His baptism was just like, it was a mess. Mm. So he gets out the pool, um, he gets a certificate and goes on his life. I think it was two, if not three months later, he was so far away from God. And I mean, all we have is hindsight. We, we, we really mm. don't know. Yeah. But, but one thing that I do know is, is God does take baptism seriously. Sure. Um, it's, it's, it's an ordinance that he had given to us. And, mm. and, and when I think of, of his providence and when I think of his holy character, there's no doubt in my mind that mm. he could have wiped his feet from under him. That his mm. his baptism was was mm. a show that he's not one of mine, mm. Mm. Um, and sure. and and that story yeah. really really yeah. moved my heart to say, mm. man, we we have yeah. to take baptism yeah. seriously. We those whom we baptize, yeah. I mean, we can never be sure, right? Mm. We we can see fruit and we hear testimony, but yeah. you know, only the yeah. Lord knows the heart of yeah. man. However, we 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 must take it seriously, mm. nonetheless. I I often tell baptism candidates and uh, like, listen. Um, watch and pray yeah, the week after yeah, yeah, yeah. because you have just told everyone uh, your team Jesus, sure. right? And the and the enemy wants to discredit that, sure. You know, and wants to yeah, um, and so definitely want to uh, take it uh, seriously. Sure. So so as as we move on now to the Lord's supper, I just want to wrap up baptism with two things, right? Um, so, so the the Lord had um, uh, co- had shown us, or He had taught us baptism through His um, uh, by going through the waters Himself. Uh, we read this in Matthew chapter three, mm-hmm. verse thirteen. It says, "And Jesus came from Galilee to the jo- to the Jordan to John to be baptized by Him." This is Him, John the Baptist. John would have prevented Him, saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me?" John, obviously, we know he's humble. I mean, John himself says he's not worthy to tie the sandals of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now Jesus is asking John to baptize him. 
And he goes on, but Jesus answered him, let it be so. For thus is it, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Now, this is, this is something interesting I want us to not miss in this passage. Jesus is giving us, um, um, he's showing us baptism through uh, what we call his um, uh, personal pre precedent. He set a, a precedent for us to follow. Now, it's interesting that salvation itself is a work of the Trinity. Hmm. Father sends the Son the Son would fulfill the work on the cross, and the Spirit regenerates the heart of man. Mm. His baptism had the Trinity mm. present. Mm. Jesus being baptized, mm. the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well mm. pleased, and the Spirit descending like a dove. Mm. Again, when we think about baptism, we must think about it as God's work of salvation, and mm. we are symbolizing God's work of salvation mm. in the process of an individual being baptized. And, and that's also how we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because mm -hmm. it is the triune God right. who is involved in mm. the work of saving mankind. Mm. God saves men. But not only did he leave us an example, but he also commanded it. We know it. Matthew uh, 28 verse 19 to 20 uh, where he says go ye uh, you know what I'll read it um, where he says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit now he says go and make disciples um, <clears throat> in the making of disciples we are also proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ souls are getting saved as we go into the nations to make disciples um, when Jesus called Peter, he says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You're going to go out and you're going to cast your net. And the casting of your net will be the sharing of the gospel. And it is only God who will bring the increase. And it's only God who is going to hook the fish and bring the fish in. Now, with this being said, it's, um, it, it is important to note that when, 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 when we go out and make disciples, we share the gospel. When souls come to repentance, they are then baptized. If you read through scripture, there is no gap between point of salvation and baptism, right? We have, um, oh man, I lost my place here. We have uh, uh, different examples where, um, sorry, I'll read for you just now. Um, sorry. Philip. Philip, yes. Uh, <laughs> Here, there's a body of water. What's stopping me from being mm. baptized? In fact, here it is, Acts 8, verse 36. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded that the chariot stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. So this was the Ethiopian eunuch who was baptized by mm. Philip. Now, this is important because sometimes the gap that we keep between salvation and mm. baptism is too long. Yeah, yeah. Now, we, we must be honest. We have introduced the gap because we've often seen that we are too quick to say people are saved. Mm. And we baptize people prematurely. Mm. 
So that's why we have introduced a sort of a time where where we want to see fruit of salvation. So mm. so we've introduced that time. However, point of salvation and baptism, the only thing we're looking for in baptism is not, is this person fully sanctified? Mm. Is The only mm. question we're asking is, is this person saved? That's it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something I think <coughs> we need to get back into our minds, is, is this person a believer? Now, yeah. Moving on to the Lord's Supper. There's so much more we can say about baptism, but you know, this is a short format podcast. Um, so moving on now to the Lord's Supper. The, the second um, church ordinance that we see in our statement of faith is that the Lord's Supper is the partaking of the bread and the cup, signifying our participation in the Savior's body and shed blood in remembrance of his death until he comes. Mm. So uh, again, there is... Uh um a a right or or the, there is here something that the lord instituted uh for us to be remembering his death until he comes and and that's what uh we we do when we take um uh, communion so first corinthians 11:23 for i received from the lord what i also delivered to you the lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until uh, he comes, and so this is uh, this is uh, an important um, act of obedience that we are doing when we take the Lord's uh, supper in in remembering in obeying this ordinance that He has uh, set up. And um, in a moment, I know Java has some stuff to say, but I, I thought it would be. Just interesting to hear how uh, the church over the years have uh, mm. look, uh, uh, looked at the Lord's Supper. But go sure. for it, Job. No, I had nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I just thought I'll, I'll briefly mention four views that, that had been uh, seen throughout uh, church history. Mm. So uh, transubstantiation, that's the Roman Catholic uh, position where basically means that um, the elements actually become um, the body of Christ. Like the as as the priest pronounces uh, certain uh, words, the uh, though the bread still looks, smells, feels, and tastes like bread, its substance has been changed into the body. Of Christ, and mm. similarly, through the uh, though the wine looks, smells, and tastes like wine, its substance has been changed into the blood of Christ. So, um, um, then a different view uh, held by the Lutherans is called a consubstantiation or sacramental union, uh, and it was developed by Martin Luther. The Lord's Supper is a last testament made by Christ as he was about to die. In this promise, he designated an inheritance, the forgiveness of sins, and appointed 
its heirs, all those who believe in his promise. Moreover, during the administration of the sacrament, Christ is truly present in both his deity and humanity, in with and under the substance of the bread and wine, because Christ's body is everywhere present. And in accordance with his words of institution, this is my body. Mm. Uh, God brings about the presence of Christ in the Lord's Supper. So that's called consubstantiation. Then there is the memorial view, which uh, many of the churches, uh, non-sacramentalists, and I would say Baptist churches would fall uh, under that category. And it was developed by, by Zwingli. He, this position is that the Lord's Supper is a memorial of Christ's death. Uh, being located in heaven, Christ's body and blood cannot be present in the sacrament. Moreover, Christ's words of institution, this is my body, are figurative and cannot be taken literally. According the memorial view stands against both transubstantiation and consubstantiation. Most importantly, Jesus commanded, do this in remembrance of me. Thus, the Lord's Supper is a memorial celebration by which the church remembers what Christ did on the cross to accomplish salvation. And lastly, is that view of spiritual presence, which was developed by um, uh, John Calvin, and it moves slightly beyond the, the memorial view. Uh, maintain that bread and wine are certainly symbols, but they are not empty symbols. They render what they symbolize. Um, by his spiritual presence, Christ pre presents himself in his saving benefits through these means of grace. How Christ can be located in heaven and spiritually present in the Lord's Supper is ultimately a mystery. But Calvin invoked the power of the Holy Spirit to unite Christ in heaven with the church on earth. The benefits of this sacrament include participation with Christ, church unity, and nourishment toward sanctification. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the views that have uh, been present in church history throughout the years. Sure. Um, so now when we, when we go to the passage, so uh, two passages in, in, in Luke 22, um, we see this is where uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in, in conversation with um, his disciples, this is where he then institutes the Lord's Supper with the disciples there. Um, and we know that um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is simply a quotation of what um, the Lord had said and taught the disciples. The Apostle Paul then brings it into this passage. Uh, but before we get to um, the, the, the actual breaking of bread in verse 23, we start from verse 17, all right? It says, but in, f in, in the following instructions, I do not command you because when you come together, now pay attention to how many mm -hmm. times it says come together, for, but because when you come together, it is not for the, is it not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. I believe it in part. For there are many factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Verse 20, when you come together, it is not the, sorry, it, it, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. 
For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. A, a, a commentator says, uh, For this vertical fellowship between Christ and believer, Paul then draws a horizontal conclusion in verse 17. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For all of us share that one bread. Paul's central claim in this verse is that we who are many are one body. And he twice grounds or supports this assertion by referring to our joint participation in the Lord's Supper. Because there is one bread, for all of us share that one bread. The fact that Paul repeats his reason twice weighs against the same bread as merely representing our picturing the church's unity. Instead, Paul roots the church's unity in its celebration of the Lord's Supper. There is one body because there is one bread. Finally, he says, Paul is saying that the Lord's Supper actually makes many one. Mm. The Lord's Supper gathers up the, who, the we who are many and makes us into one body. In other words, the Lord's Supper constitutes a local church. Now, it's, this is very important for us to, to, to remember. That, as I said, the uh, baptism is the one going to the many. The Lord's Supper is the many gathering together to the one. And I love this. I love the symbolism. The, the, the symbol that we are all partaking of one bread. Yeah. We're all partaking of one mm-hmm. cup. And, and, and the point why I read from verse 17 to verse 23 is Paul makes the argument when you come together, mm-hmm. when you come together. Now, I know many have stressed that um, the, the New Testament church had a practice in Acts, chapter, in Acts 2 uh, from verse 42 going onwards where they met in each other's homes and, 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 and what have you. But they, there was a temple place. You know, mm. although they met in each other's homes, there mm. was a central place of gathering mm. where all the believers gathered together to mm. worship. In fact, even in this passage, Paul asked the question, do you not have houses to drink in? Do you not have houses to eat? Mm. So the emphasis is, this thing that mm-hmm. you're doing here, why aren't you eating mm. in your house? Why yeah. are you not drinking yeah. in your house? When we gather together, Mm. is together together to recognize the one to recognize Jesus to recognize the one bread the one cup now this is the reason folks why i'm i'm going to personalize it because i i, I don't want to say something that you know is not you know the church you know, but anyway but i personally i personally believe that the apostle paul had intended the in fact not even the apostle paul that god using the Apostle Paul in this passage, intends that the communion, the breaking of the bread, is to be done in, in the gathering of the saints. Mm. What does this mean? It means when the church gathers, this is where we are to partake in communion. Mm. So it's, it's not to be done in our homes. I can't have mm. communion with my wife. Mm. It's not to be done when my wife goes to Isaac's home. Mm. It's to be done when the many come together mm. to celebrate the one. So when we have a bri on a, on a Saturday night and, and we're feeling, yeah. you know, that nice feeling yeah. and then someone says, grab the grape juice and some bread. No, 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 no. Mm. It, is, it is a serious symbolic thing 
a serious symbolic ordinance mm. that God has given to the local church. So, when you're looking for a local church, look for mm. a local church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Mm. They need to teach God's word. They need to have God's word as inerrant. They need to have God's word as authoritative. And they mm. need to see God's word as sufficient for all matters concerning Amen. life and godliness. Amen. I'll go a step further and say it's better if it's their practice to preach expository. But, mm. but that, 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 that's a, another conversation for another day. Mm. The second thing is they must participate in the church ordinances. Mm. If you go to a church where they don't celebrate the Lord's Supper and they don't practice baptism, scripturally, that's not mm. a church. Sure. These yeah. two ordinances are important yeah. ingredients in the making of a local church. Sure. So that's why it's very important that when we gather, it is also for fellowship. So one of the things that Apostle Paul says in this passage, is he, he also calls us to examine our hearts. Now, Usually when we examine our hearts, we're looking for one thing, right? Is there any sin within me that I need to confess before I partake of the cup or the bread? But another thing that we don't mention too often that the Apostle Paul, I believe, is calling us to examine in our hearts is before we partake of the bread and the cup, are there relational issues amongst us as a body that we need to resolve? Mm. Is there forgiveness that is being harbored? Is there bitterness that is being justified amongst mm. us? Is there unity that has been broken because of sin that needs to be rectified before we partake of the body and the cup? I personally believe if there is issues, you need to fix those issues. Mm. Ask for forgiveness. And we'd, we, with the interns, we... Um, we're looking through some, uh, we went through a, counsel call, a counseling course and one of the things they were talking is amongst couples, we think um, uh, 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 forgiveness is saying, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ask for forgiveness. Acknowledge where you have sinned. Um, the Bible gives us two principles um, about reconciliation. One, if you, if you have sinned against your brother, go and ask for forgiveness. But if you feel that you are the one, or if you feel that your brother has sinned against you, go and tell them their fault. Mm. The emphasis in Scripture is for reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. Whether I feel that Isaac has sinned against me or I feel that I have sinned against Isaac, mm. if I know that sin has occurred, mm. reconciliation is my yeah. responsibility. Absolutely. I must go and seek things being right because unity in the church um, uh, exemplifies the character of mm. Christ. His yeah. his forgiving nature, his mercy, unity yeah. even in the in the yeah. Godhead must yeah. be exemplified in the local and, church. And so, uh, again, we see how weighty Paul's words are: examine yourselves, yeah. right before. Uh, and so, both ordinances are to be not taken lightly. Um, yeah. uh, you know, both I I I. I personally believe that even both the mode uh, mm. of of the ordinances, the in terms of though we do not believe in transubstantiation, yeah. um, we there is there is a reason why it is bread and wine, yeah. uh, you know. The, and and so mm. I don't think 
Oreos and hot chocolates. Should do it. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, it's just you know. And so I think we mm. we there is um, and and this is a, a time for for us to examine our hearts, uh, appreciate and remember uh, how precious the blood of Jesus Christ mm. uh, pouring down and every drop of blood accomplishing yeah. salvation. Yeah. And as we are reminded of the gospel through sure. these symbols, sure. um, we are edified and, mm. and sanctified and we are brought together as, as one. As you mentioned. So I hope that this episode was uh, um, helpful and maybe even clarified some of the doubts in terms of uh, what the ordinances are and why do we do them. Yeah, and if you haven't been baptized and you're a believer, please consider Mm. being baptized. Go speak to your pastor and and ask him. Ask him to... um, uh, if you have any questions, ask him your questions. If you have any questions you'd like to ask us, please um, send us send us your questions. Uh, you can send your questions to um, central.org.za um, and we'd love to answer your questions concerning mm-hmm. baptism. Um, they'll forward your questions over to us. Um, and and um, if, if you haven't uh, participate in the Lord's Supper in a long time, please go to a local church where it is celebrated. Why? Mm. Because as people, things become familiar too quickly. Um, mm. Think about trends. How long does a trend last? Mm. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. Likewise, we also forget. We forget the mm. magnitude of God's offering because it becomes familiar. Mm. So God gave us things to remind us. Remind us of the magnitude of the offering that He had given to us. So, even as you listen to this, after this episode, I, w- I would like to make an appeal. I mean, I know this is not a sermon, um, but I'd like to make an appeal to you to say, won't you take some time right now and remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Spend some time praying. If you want to listen to a song, sing a song. Um, but just spend some time praying, giving God thanks for what He has done for you. We live in a day where we think that in order to do relevance to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture, and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power, not because it is acceptable to carnal men. Our gospel has power. Thank you for joining the Theology Alive podcast. Please subscribe and share. Later. Jackie, we need you to fall because after the movie we have bloopers. Yeah, we have some bloopers for you. You need to fall. (laughs) This guy is full of icky. It's definitely icky, Aka.